love in all the wrong places will likely contain explicit language and will definitely contain sexual content and sexual language. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Evan Bass, and thank you for joining us on Love in All the Wrong Places, where we journey into the romance erotica genres you didn't know existed, never would have imagined, and now must have in your life. Today, we are graced with special guests, Louis Febo and Stacy Price, with the amazing genre of Smurfs. Louis and Stacy, thank you for joining me. Hello. Hello. For those who don't know the Smurfs, the Smurfs are a creation of the Belgian comic artist Peo, also known as Pierre Collefort, and was created in 1958. They're originally called, and I'm going to try not to butcher this, Les, les, les Strumpfs in his native French. And they first appeared as side characters in the fantasy comic The Flute with Six Holes, which is a perfect <laughs> name for a Smurf erotica. And, and the interesting backstory on how it got to this weird word Smurf is, as the story goes, Pierre was having dinner with a colleague friend, André Franquin. And he couldn't remember the word for salt in French, which is sel, which is super easy. So that's on him. And so instead, uh, he, he said, could you pass the strumpf? To which Franquin replied, here's the strumpf. When you are done strumpfing, strumpf it back. And apparently the rest of that weekend that they were staying together, they just used strumpf instead of nouns, adjectives, verbs, pretty much anything. Going forward in Dutch, strumpf, strumpf is translated into smurf, and in English, it was adopted. Yeah, so that is sort of how smurfs came to be. Started out as a comic book, but then became uh, cartoons, became movies, became serials. I feel like I, I saw it everywhere when I was a kid. Well, yeah, it was like our childhood was surrounded by cartoons that were made into everything you saw in the world. Like Smurfs had the, their own cereal back in the day. And I don't know if you remember the controversy uh, about that cereal, but they had to stop making it. And they were like, got into a lot of trouble because when kids went to the bathroom, the dye that they used in that cereal, uh, stuff came out blue. So no. I, why is that a bad thing? I mean, well, I mean, but as a, if you were a parent, you know, and you're, and your kid is going to the bathroom after eating the cereal. Yeah, so... You're turning into a Smurf. Right, you're turning into a Smurf, yeah. I mean, I also remember being obsessed. One of my favorite things I ever got was my mom bought me this, like, clay set where you made Smurfs out of this, like, extremely toxic-smelling clay <laughs> that you then baked and then painted with even more toxic blue paint. And, uh, yeah, this is the stuff that we grew up on, and... It was everywhere. Everything everything about cartoons became something everywhere else. Yeah. 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 I, my association with Smurfs is uh, it, it's in its own little box in my mind with Alf. Do you remember Alf? Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course. The alien. Yes. Yep. I had a whole collection of Alf puppets. Nice. Every kind of Alf. And I wish I still had them because they're probably collectible items. And then I had troll dolls, and then I was into Care Bears, 
And then in that world is also Smurfs, which was like a very like mellow, happy cartoon, I guess, for, for me. I, that's that's my association with Smurfs is a nice little gentle thing. I have a question for you guys. Do you remember the Snorks? <laughs> what? So the Snorks were essentially like Smurfs, <laughs> but they had like a straw that came out of the top of their head and went backwards and they lived underwater. Right. I, have I swear been, I didn't make I've, this up. I'm speechless. I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things one of my friends is going to be like, you made that up. It's imaginary. And I'm like, no, there's like storylines. I hope this was a dream you had. I really do. Can you imagine? <laughs> we discover that they do not exist. And this is just a childhood recurring dream you had. And guys, do I have a TV series to pitch you guys? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, oh yeah, so the Smurfs also had very unique characteristics that I'd say didn't exist in a lot of other genres. With with the Smurfs, they had both a like very unique attire and way of talking. So first they were blue and they had white pantaloons, uh, white pants, which ironically for the erotica, you know, romance genre were skin tight and clearly showed that they were like asexual and had no genitalia. And then they had a cap. And so these caps are mm-hmm. referred to as uh, Phrygian caps. And from what I, I have dug up, in ancient Rome, they came to signify freedom due to their resemblance with the Pileus, which was a felt cap worn by emancipated slaves. Mm-hmm. And then the red Phrygian cap, because Papa Smurf had, I got to wear the red cap and the pants, I believe, was specifically a symbol of the French Revolution, though during the reign of terror, it was uh, used to denote sort of following the violent regime, and therefore they were banned in France during the 19th century. So basically a MAGA hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Papa Smurf had a MAGA hat. He wore a MAGA hat, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and there were and there were only 99 Smurfs in the original comic and the cartoon, and they're all male. Every one of them is male. Now you may say, wait, there was Smurfette, but Smurfette was not originally a real Smurf. That's right. Smurfette. Wait, I want. Oh. I have a question. Why do you think they were wearing hats uh, that's of of freed slaves? Why? What's the significance of that? That is a really good question. I do know that they are bald underneath because okay. there is a 1959 Smurf story that is horribly inappropriately named, uh, The Black Smurfs. Yep. What? Originally named The Black Smurfs, but then changed in the US to The Purple Smurfs. And this is a cool th- fact. It is sometimes cited as one of the earliest examples of zombies in fiction because it was related to, I believe, the story had black flies that bit the Smurfs and they turned black and then, like, were zombies. In that comic book series, they remove their hats for the first time, or they're, they're Phrygians, and they're bald. Well, there's also, I mean, there's also a lot of theories, you know, going around that also, you know, being that Papa Smurf wore the red hat and bottoms and everybody was in white, that it was a communist community. Yeah. That was another theory. Oh. Okay, interesting. And that's why, you know, the red was there to represent that isolated communist community. And maybe, maybe they're not originally all male. Maybe they're just asexual. And only with the introduction of Smurfette did they 
get a biological sex or a gender associated with them. And, there, and that would go with the communism theme of uh-huh. equality. Right. There's Smurf babies eventually, right? No? Well, yes and no. So there are Smurf babies. Those Smurf babies are not made between Smurfs. <laughs> Smurfs are primarily, so this is just from a, a website I found, primarily a single gender race that are generally born male. Those Smurfs do not physically re- reproduce. They do come into the world by a stork that delivers them to the Smurf village from an right. unknown location. Okay. Right. Okay. So they they do have them, but literally go the route of a stork delivers them. Okay. And then you have three known female Smurfs. So there's Smurfette, Sasset, and Nanny Smurf. They're <laughs> they're uh, yes. So three female <laughs> archetypes. <laughs> uh, and Smurfette was originally created by Gargamel. Right. Using magic. In the cartoon, it says she was created by the following recipe. (laughs) You ready for this? Sugar and spice, but nothing nice. A dram of crocodile tears. Peck of bird brain. The tip of an adder's tongue. Half a pack of lies. White, of course. The slyness of a cat. The vanity of a peacock. The chatter of a magpie the guile of a vixen, and the disposition of a shrew, and of course, the hardest stone for her heart. Guys, can I tell you a secret? (laughs) Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. That's how my parents made me. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. But but Smurfette was originally created by Gargamel to uh, sow havoc in the Smurf village but then I believe, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, but maybe somebody correct me on this, Smurfette was then made into a real Smurf by Papa Smurf and his, his like, magic. Yeah, he did, he did, like, an antidote spell. He, like, corrected the spell with his own spell and created Smurfette, which, funnily, fun, funny enough, went from evil black hair to pretty blonde hair. <laughs> because yeah. that's that's the more innocent visual <laughs> that we need to make go from evil to to good. Also, interestingly, didn't think about it, but Smurfette would then be the only Smurf that has hair on her head, on mm-hmm. its head. Oh, okay. All female Smurfs. So then there's Sasset, and Sasset was created by Papa Smurf. This, using the same formula that Gargamel used. That I, I don't know. Maybe he just they they swiped it, but then. <laughs> You, you know, integrating the antidote or whatever Papa Smurf special magic to make her not evil. And then there's Nanny Smurf, who was trapped in a castle for a very long time and comes out and she knows Papa Smurf, but you don't find anything about her history. So she could have been a magical creation. We don't know. She just like appears. Right. Is anybody married on the show or like, no? I don't think so. Okay. No one's married, but Papa Smurf is definitely the the father figure. And Mm -hmm. like they, you know, there's lots of stuff written about how some people, there are some that say that he is the father of all the Smurfs. Others say he's just the father figure. But then, you know, I guess he wouldn't be technically the father if they were all delivered there by a stork. But I mean, that's a whole other conversation. And they live for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, Papa Smurf may be like a thousand years old. There's one part of a story where he goes off on a 500-year journey. Right. You know, Smurfs are really small, so that probably didn't go that far. (laughs) 
The journey to the front of the porch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Like, smart. I made it to the sprinkler. <laughs> but isn't it cool, though, because, you know, with what you were talking about, as far as like the different smurfettes and the creation and and whatnot just also there's there's a smurf represented in every type of every type you know what mm -hmm. i mean so like you know you've got hefty smurf the tattooed smurf that's like big and tough and the strongest and you know then you've got brainy and then there was that vanity smurf that raises a lot of questions that uh as kids you thought yeah this is he's kind of different and then, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's something there. Why 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 does his voice sound like Paul Lind, the center square? Like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> uh, so yeah. So there's a lot of um, yeah. They represented a lot of types, um, archetypes, archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like like the dwarves, right? I mean, sneezy, of course, sleepy. That I think, you know, in my mind, it was that made it easy for kids to be like, I know this one. Yes, I want to be like yeah. I. I could buy that. I, which one do you want to buy? Well, you just have to name the the. Or which one do you want to be? Because I remember playing like, and we. I remember in elementary school, people when it was recess, people we the kids would actually okay, you're you're Papa Smurf today, and I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm hefty, and then you'd like you know play and like act act out like scenes and stuff, you know. Go on. Yeah. No. I that, know how, did this game, how did this the game end? <laughs> <laughs> no, just as kids, don't you, don't, don't you remember like kind of like role-playing and like your, you know, some of your favorite shows and like oh, characters yeah. and stuff. So like, I just remember that. I specifically remember people, oh, well, you're this one and you're this one today. And then you just like play, you know? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Donatello, Raphael, Leonardo. <laughs> those, are, those are the ones I remember playing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how parkour got invented, actually. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Also interesting fact I found about Gargamel. So Gargamel is, is the bad person. And you have sort of these archetypes. Gargamel is the human. Of course, the Smurfs are, you know, cute and blue and soft and smooth. And then Gargamel is, has, huh, I would say, another archetype, possibly not the most um, respectful in you know, physical attributes that could be associated with certain ethnicities then had a giant mole on his head. It's sort of what you were saying, uh, Lewis, there's certain things that could be construed as like, I don't know, not politically correct is not the right word, just offensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this you're the Smurfs cartoon that we grew up with, that was created on the cusp of like, all in the family and Archie Bunker and were stereotypes like, you know, we're still, I mean, even used in cartoons and it was like, okay back then, you know what I mean? But there, yeah, you're right. Like the, the fact that Gargamel sort of, I guess, stereotypically looks a certain, you know, has certain features. Yeah. That's something that like can be explored, but it certainly wouldn't exist today. <laughs> mm. And, and yeah. interestingly, Gargamel is a female name. So Gargamel comes from the work of uh, Francois Rabelais, who's a 16th century French writer and wrote this satire called The Life of Gargantua and of Pantagruel. And it's a collection of uh, short stories that detail the, the chivalry and the exploits of a giant and his son. Gargamel, spelled with a, a double L and an E, was Gargantua's mother. 
So they gave this male villain a female name, which also sort of, I don't know if, if the goal was to create something with that or just the name is kind of cool. But I thought that was an interesting sort of twist, you know, uh, definitely physical ethnic archetypes. Did we just uncover something? Was Gargamel this whole time a woman? No, no. Gar- Gargamel is definitely a, a man. I don't know. Like, Wait, maybe, what oh. does Gargamel mean? Is it's that a it's quick... just a name. It's a name that was created by this French author. <laughs> okay. This is like about to ruin my childhood. Okay. Well, well not really, then, but. And well, then you also have Azriel, his uh, Gargamel's oh. cat, and Azriel is the Archangel of Death. Okay. So you've got like a very weighted <laughs> villains can going I just, on for can sure. Can I say these people that have played Gargamel? Hank Azaria, Rain Wilson. Amazing comedic yeah. actors. Um, also, Gargamel, if we're talking about like, you know, with the, the, the two L's and an E is very specific and yeah, very feminine, you know, kind of name. I'm looking at Gargamel and because you just said it, like what he's wearing, is it like a one piece like sort of dress is that a whole black dress i think it's a robe i think it's, it's a, a robe. robe okay i was assumed because gargamel does magic my little kid me yeah. assumed he had a really just worn i mean he's got a horrible like a not pleasant life like right. he's never happy he doesn't get anything i don't know why he's going after the smurfs i can't even remember like his motivation he's just Evil. You know what? You know what it is. It's very. It's very how the Grinch stole Christmas. He's isolated. He's in a castle, looking to destroy the Smurfs in the Smurfs village, and he's got Azriel as his little side uh, friend or character in the house. And the Grinch. It's mm-hmm. the same. It's the same thing. He hated Whoville, and he had his little dog yep. that was with him that helped him out. You know, with the, so it's kind of it's sort of like the same kind of kind of idea. No. So I have a possibility for why Gargamel was going after the Smurfs. Okay. Smurf is also known as a colloquial term for a specific way of money laundering. What? <laughs> so I will explain. To Smurf is when you seek to evade scrutiny from government agencies by breaking up large transactions into a set of smaller transactions that are each below the reporting threshold also known as smurfing so for example uh most big banks have to report wire transfers of more than ten thousand dollars so if you have one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and you break it up into 16 different transfers under ten thousand you have just smurfed the system i okay what happened first did the guy decide uh, start saying smurfs with the salt did that happen before the the vocab word of smurfing? Oh, or, definitely. Okay, definitely. So they developed the the verb smurf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> happened after the guys in Belgium uh, had fun with salt. Probably like decades later, like somebody. This is probably somebody in some agency being like, "Oh man, smurf." Well, and this sort of goes to the language of smurf, where. In the show, they just replace every word with Smurf. Right. Uh, it's. I mean, it's got this insane language derivation where it can mean a noun, an adjective. Actually, in the animated version of the Smurfs and the Magic Flute, which relates to the original, uh, the flute with the six holes, the humanish character is named Peewit. And so Peewit tries to talk to Brainy Smurf using Smurf to try and get uh, some food or water. 
And it, of course, fails because he's like, I, I want a Smurf. Would you get me a Smurf? And he like brings back an axe and he's like, no, no, no. Like, I want a Smurf. And, and then like brings back something else. So Brainy tries to explain and Brainy says, but to speak Smurf, the verb and noun must both agree and adjectives make the meaning vary. And also apparently intonation and only Smurfs understand other Smurfs. <laughs> but there's, yeah, it's like Smurf on Smurfing Smurf. Oh man, I Smurfed it. Isn't that Smurfy? Yeah. Smurf-tastic. Ah, oh, <laughs> Smurfy idea. But great Smurfs of fire. So maybe, maybe there's this government agency person who is like, man, I love the Smurfs. I'm going to create an actual real word terminology. It is insane <laughs> what has come out of Smurfs. Do you guys know the Smurfs theme song? Oh, come on. Created by Pierre Cartner. Okay. Topped the music charts in 16 countries. Yes. What's the theme song? Well, it's the fa uh -huh. la 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 sing a happy song. Oh, man. Well, no, in, see, in the first season, when they do the introduction of what the Smurfs is, like they have the elongated introduction where there's a narrator that comes before the song and then the song kicks in. It wasn't until like the following seasons that they left that out and it was just the la 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 la, la that we all know. In college, I used to listen to techno music to work out to. And I straight up had a Smurf theme song techno remix. Oh no! Is there a way you can play that? Can you play? Can I, you I definitely can play it. I'm going to play it right now. This is probably the most challenging record you have ever put on your turntable. I can hear it. Really good dance moves right now. So just to give everyone a all right. Evan, is this from your like advanced Zoom Zumba class? <laughs> no, I I ran track in college, and so when I had to do hard workouts on my own, I would pump up the techno. I've got a large array of either soundtracks or theme songs techno remixed. So I'm gonna pivot us into the story we read. The story read is, is a fan fiction, Smurfs. This is not the only story that exists. If you want to search for Smurf romance, <laughs> Smurf erotica, there's a lot out there. I found one, Handy's New Sweetheart. There's Admit the Love Between Smurfs. There's a plethora of stories. I believe Handy's New Sweetheart is something uh, like the equivalent of a 300-page book. That one was very interesting, at least to me, because it was clear that the person who liked the Smurfs liked them for their innocence. And so the romance was very much in line with they held hands Aww. and then they kissed and it was very sweet. And then there was like a couple of moments of hardcore erotica and then it disappeared. But it was almost like the person didn't want to write that. It was really a love story between Handy and Yasmin, who I don't believe was an actual Smurf. It was a created Smurf. And, and Handy? Handy? Handy. The, okay, Handy, he was the, he Handy, was the mechanic Handy of was the very handsy in this Handy, one. Yeah. So the one that we read, which can be found at literatica.com, is called Smurf Me Hard. And I wonder what that means. It was a doozy. It was interesting. <laughs> 
it was uh would anybody like would you any of you either of you like to give a crack at the simple summary or you want me to do it go ahead <laughs> you do it yeah okay so the simple summary is that gargamel performs two pieces of magic first creates a a an elixir or a potion or something that azrael has to drink and then Azrael goes around Smurf Village and, and I guess pees it everywhere. And the scent of it makes Smurfs uh, need to copulate, uh, makes them extremely uh, horny. And then, and I'm not going to do the spoiler. Then are you <laughs> I'm not going to give a spoiler. Wait, did you say, oh, Lewis, is, Lewis is laughing at me because I wiped my forehead. So what I'm going to say is this is a podcast. And it's only vocal for those listening, but we can we can see Evan, and as he's describing this, he just wiped his forehead. <laughs> Are you sweating, my guy? What's going on? <laughs> okay. In in all honesty, the the um, I, I, before these erotica romance stories yeah. is not the genre that I normally oh. fall into. So one of the reasons that I, I find this really interesting and I want to do this podcast is because I think it is taboo to talk about sex and I am not the most comfortable at it. So I thought it'd be <laughs> kind of funny for me to try and talk about this. <laughs> Thus my specific word choice. That, oh uh, yeah. man. Yeah. Copulate. Right. Come on. So yeah. yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> they, okay. So it makes the, makes the Smurfs horny. And yeah. then Gargamel also uh, creates a redheaded Smurf, and that Smurf kind of goes in, and uh, the entire village starts just having sex with Smurfette and the redheaded Smurf, and it it all leads to sort of a ploy to try and steal Papa Smurf's magic, and mm. turns into a a Smurf bang, <laughs> turns into a general Smurf bang, a Smurf bang, yes. Uh, I yes. love it. It's like Smurfs meets nine and a half weeks. Smurfs meets <laughs> Mickey Rourke. Smurf meets what is it? Smurf meets hmm. Smurf meets Fifty Shades of Grey. Eyes wide shut. Yeah. Oh yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey would work yeah. too. So yeah, so there's like this just tons of sex happening, and then and then Granny Smurf uh, get gets in to try and help prevent Papa Smurf from possibly getting tricked she sacrifices herself uh uh okay so that is uh, would you agree with anything else you guys want to add to the story uh that i may have left out <laughs> well i mean you left out some really specific details with granny smurf but <laughs> but i guess people should go online and read it yeah she saves the day so that gargamel doesn't get papa smurf's magic juices but the thing, the one thing you left out is also that regular, normal Smurfette is there to sort of help ease what's going on too, right? Yeah. Okay. Stacey, so, did, I, so, yeah. did you want to add? You know what? I think you guys got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think so you the, nailed the, that one. The thing that was, that, w that was interesting to me was that this genre exists, right? It's, it's a genre that Smurfs are almost asexual. They're either all males and then the females were created just to tempt them, but not, not for sex reasons in the, car, the comic or the cartoon. Mm -hmm. And they're delivered by storks. They don't even procreate. Mm -hmm. So the idea of sexualizing Smurfs 
was i don't know i don't know if interesting is the right word it, it's just like it thought provoking yeah i mean they're wearing as i said in the initial description of their clothes they are the inventors of skinny jeans oh. uh, and it's it's completely spherical both front and back they never talk about going to the bathroom either so this idea that they're like somehow sumo wrestler hiding their own genitalia inside of themselves to protect themselves or whatever and then take it out to to have sex not to procreate it's such such a weird thing you well i mean what? you know the whole oh i'm sorry go ahead Stacey. no 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 i was just gonna give you just throw in a non sequitur like just be like i am so curious about this writer man oh man who's who's writing this stuff well and the funny the, the funny thing about that is that his i guess screen name yeah if you look at it the first half of it says iowa Oh, he's in Iowa. So oh, that says I, a lot too. Oh, I oh I assumed it was Lowak, Lowak, but it oh, could be I thought I thought it was Iowa, which made sense to me because listen, I mean, if you 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 got to be in Iowa to be coming up with the, with this type mm. of stuff. So oh, well, it okay. Be, it also could be Iowa like so I O W A L K, mm. um, and and he's written forty six stories. So yes, he, he has or she or she. I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming because of the way this is written, and it's not, you know, female on female or, or necessarily female empowering. Given that the uh, female Smurfs are are more sex objects in this, it is not the most respectful towards women in that yeah. sense. So I, I mean, assume we're in the is... clear. We're probably in the clear, but this could be a 13 year old boy writing <laughs> all these things. I just want to say we don't know. We're going to assume he's of age or she. Yes. But it's yeah, all- you know, it's really amazing that you you brought that up, Stacy. Because when I was reading it, some of the spelling mistakes made me think that this could be somebody underage as well. Yeah. On the positive, being creative <laughs> and yeah, of uh, course, and, yeah. and writing short stories and vi- and releasing releasing into the world some pent up stuff that yes. they want to release. You know? And I, and I do I do like the fact that this had a story, so it wasn't it wasn't a rape scenario that is mm-hmm. just offensive. That it, in this it was trickery in line with something that would yeah. happen in a Smurf show. Gargamel's always trying to trick the Smurfs to catch them to gain them or whatever. That it it did remove some of the stuff that I find somewhat offensive in erotica, where it seems like they are using a genre to have an offensive fantasy. But here's the thing, though. This person, whoever they are, is smart in the sense that he kind of wrote, he or she wrote this, because I'm very familiar. I revisited the very first episode, season one, episode one, and it's very much a little bit aligned with that. Gargamel created that sort of, the, the, the Smurfette that he created with the black hair to cause havoc in with the Smurfs mm. and, and whatnot. And it had to be corrected and they did everything they, you know, she went there to, she kind of did sort of like entice and whatnot. And in that little episode, yeah, it's for children, but we all know watching Warner brothers and bugs bunny, how there were so many hidden adult jokes for the parents. And in that very episode, you know, when Papa Smurf corrected the spell and made her into the Smurfette that we know with the blonde hair, mm-hmm. when she's revealed and presented to the rest of the village, 
there's like a whole line of Smurfs outside waiting to give her gifts and they're smitten with her and have little crushes on her and want to win her heart. And in this erotic story of his, he not only kind of like borrows from that, but this person is very smart because he covers a little bit of everything. There is a little bit of a rapey sort of aspect to the gangbang that happens in, in, in their story. But he also throws in how the police smurf, like, all of a sudden puts his hand on Grouchy. And Grouchy's like, no, that's cool and all. If, you know, if you're like, if you're gay, but I'm not into that type of thing. And so he touches on, like, the gay side. And he touches on the rapey side. And he, t- he covers a lot of, like, sexual sort of scenarios in this. Can I say I would like to write fan fiction about this and it would be like the day after the blue orgy and it would just be about how everybody emotionally deals with <laughs> the, awkward, the awkward breakfast table the next day. The awkward breakfast table, <laughs> you know, the cleanup, all right. that sort of thing. I think also because there is the original all male that it has had people wonder, oh, that's like, how does this exist, right? You know, how did they procreate? Oh, it's storks. Well, that, that's weird. Like, why are they all male? If mm-hmm. if they were genderless, that would make sense. But if they're all male, what does this mean? And in, I think, one of the later movies, so not, not Smurf canon, as it were, there's an all-female village. And they don't note on sort of if that was a magical creation or if they are mm-hmm. uh, original Smurfs. Um, but I, I think that sort of out of this curiosity comes creating answers. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I was just, my mind was, I literally wandered into like, is there an animal that gets delivered a baby? <laughs> like in, and of course not, but it was just like the closest thing we have is birds hatching their own eggs. But I was just like, just the idea of that is so distant from how how we you know get offspring you know it's just so i don't well, know isn't that, i mean wasn't that the tool used back in the day to yeah. prevent prevent the talk of sex talk with children so you know you wouldn't the stork always when babies appeared in a storyline whether it was cartoon Dumbo. or not yeah. yeah it was always it was always a stork because you just yeah. you know you didn't want to tell children how babies really you know were made so which yeah, is an avoidance where did that of the truth. idea come from? You know what I mean? Like why, why who I mean, came I up guess, with stork? who came up with stork and, and just like, it's just so, I mean, I think the, it, it's just interesting where we, where our minds went to like, you know what I mean? To distance ourselves from normal animal thing to happen, which is having babies and all stuff like that. Mm, I mean, it happens everywhere. I mean, you have fish as pets, you have, uh, you yeah. know, gerbils or hamsters, like they, they have babies. It's yeah, it is. It yes. is very weird that we as a society are not comfortable discussing things that like how we were born and how mm-hmm. our offspring will be born. It's not like it can be avoided. Huh. Things to think about. No, it's all the communists, yeah. right? Is that <laughs> <laughs> how did they get these different derivations? So we've got the stork, Pulling from the myth of the things that that parents tell their children to avoid. I mean, I've heard, you know, birds and the bees, admittedly. I don't even know what that story is, like what birds and bees have to do with anything. It's amazing the things that are subtle. Like, as you said, Lewis, there's in a lot of cartoons, there are adult content for the adults. Right. 
but some of these adult content also is sort of not appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys know the backstory of like Little Mermaid where they had a lot of illustrations of um, genitalia in the background? Oh like, my God, you are on my wavelength. I was yeah. just about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, what? for sure. Oh, wait, you don't know this? No. So in every, in basic, I'm sorry, stay, were you, let's say, I'll let Stacey finish and then I'll. No, I don't to... know to, I don't want to directly reference it because it's such a, like a loose memory in my mind, but I just remember, I, I remember it being a very saucy cartoon if you look out for it. Yeah. So, so... You're saying, I just want to say, so what you're saying is my childhood daydreaming made up <laughs> thing is snorks <laughs> and yours is genitalia on Maria. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Yeah, but the difference is uh, Stacy's is actually facts. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. it's true. Um, that, um, I actually still have the VHS tape and case from oh, you when. Do? Yes, I have the one, the original one, where one of the towers in the castle is a penis. Oh, yeah, they cleaned it up afterwards, but the original, the original tape that my mom bought us, my sister and I, we, I still have it. And it, it, when I get back to New York, I'll you know take a picture of it and send it to you. But yeah, it's got the penis on it. But most of the Disney cartoons are notorious for slipping in sexual stuff. You really didn't know this, Evan? Well, I knew in in Lion King when Pumbaa falls into like flowers or something. There's like a single frame that. Says spells something. out sex yeah and it's true if you pause it in the perfect place it says the word sex yeah there's like a there's a lot but here so it's funny that um they that basically Stacey, Stacey brought this up because while watching the first episode i came across and I, again you know people listening to this aren't going to see this but i don't know if you are able to see this image i captured Oh, wow. Okay. Underneath underneath the mushroom. Underneath Underneath the mushroom. mushroom, Let me see if I can sort of see. Do you, do you see it though? Yeah. So there's clearly a penis with testicles under that mushroom. And that's in the very first episode of the Smurfs. That is crazy. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. There's a, if you look, there's a lot of that in the cartoons that we watched growing up. Yeah. I mean, I would say mushrooms in general are somewhat yes. of a phallic symbol in yes. and of themselves. It's it's hard not to have that right. imagery. I'm partially speechless because I'm thinking how many probably sexual imagery, be it phallic imagery or Georgia O'Keeffe imagery, mm-hmm. that is probably all throughout the Smurfs. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, the mushroom mushrooms it's themselves. I also keep coming back to, so there are 99 male smurfs there's originally just smurfette is introduced Mm -hmm. gargamel's male he lives alone and he's got Azriel, a cat that's female so you've got a hundred male characters and two female characters which is probably appropriate for the time in which this was created in representation on film or in in you know the the performer industry where women were hugely underrepresented but it's amazing that, that that was created. I guess like that much of a completely male-dominated show. Yeah. And especially when the, the first female introduced of the of Smurfs is evil. Literally, the only right. female, yeah. female is evil. Mm-hmm. But there are also so many very random and creative 
cartoons at that time. Yeah. Interesting what what like, like strikes the nerves with like <laughs> kids, you know, like Teletubbies, like you know, like it's just mm-hmm. something feels right. So I know we I know we veered, but like so, what was it about what you were saying before about the actual erotica story that we all read? that you wanted to like continue on like why this genre or what it came up. I mean, there's definitely sexualizing things and there's like a, I don't want, I won't spoiler it, but there's a twist at the end that is, uh, I feel like in, in many erotica stories I've read, it goes for me, it goes over the top. Maybe it's not over the top, but it, mm-hmm. it went a little too far. And, but I think, for certain people who read erotica, that is what they're looking for. And so therefore I'm just a prude. (laughs) Any thoughts that this, this story evoked because it is set in the Smurf world for you guys? I think anything, uh, anything that's sort of forbidden to go to, you know what I mean? It has like a, a sexually exciting element to it. So it's like, we, you know, these are asexual creatures and we don't get to think about them that way. So then us getting to think about them that way is like a, it's a, I don't know, a sex, a sexy possibility. Mm. So that's why it probably is so fun for people to, to explore and stuff. It's kind of that also like testing a forbidden area, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're taking something that's so beloved, like, you know, there's so many of us that grew up on the Smurfs and it's like, Oh, somebody sexualize this whereas if you look at something that's been normalized like anime Mm -hmm. you know i mean like that like that sort of stuff is very Mm -hmm. acceptable sexual stuff for cartoons but when you take something like the smurfs it's like oh my god it's that it's it's shocking yeah it's forbidden yeah it's like it's it's forbidden yeah it's forbidden also their voices are sort of well i guess it's i could say that of any sort of animated cartoon thing but it's not a sultry deep voice going on with these characters they're they're higher you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. they're very childlike he- yeah and even here in hearing them engage in this sort of activities and and, and talking about uh, it's it's yeah it feels um different or you know and i guess that's why there's so so much fan fiction and yeah well i think yes. it's also interesting on something you said about we we hear their voices that i think because it's on a genre that that many of us know well, or maybe if you're mm-hmm. listening to this, you might not know it well at all. But if you've seen, <laughs> you know, an episode of the Smurfs, you have their voices in your head. So then when you're reading this fan fiction, mm-hmm. you're hearing those really weird, innocent so voices yeah. say these things that are are like they never actually say. Yeah. And the world their world there that is so bubbly and so light it's just it's just yeah it it breaks a lot of um boundaries with uh our own boundaries i guess with what we expect to happen i was very smurf founded when i was reading it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll sign us off and then you can you know say whatever ending thought you have thank you for listening to love in all the wrong places (laughs) 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 that's Uh, Among those wrong places are all of the flute's six holes. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast where any and all places podcasts can be found. And if you have any suggestions for future genres, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at L-I-A-T-W-P. 
our special guests, Stacy Price and Louis Febo. Thank you so much for joining us on this Smurf coaster of a Smurf cast. <laughs> this was Smurftastic. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, this is Smurfalicious. Thank you for having me. Awesomeness.